Morning prayer begins on page four of the prayer book. I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Continuing on the bottom of page seven. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 95, page 459. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth, and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation and said, It is a people that do err in their hearts, for they have not known my ways unto whom I swear in my wrath, that they should not enter into my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, it is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalm 18, on page 359. Verses 1 through 20 of Psalm 18. I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my stony rock and my defense. My Savior, my God, and my might, in whom I will trust, my buckler, the horn also of my salvation, and my refuge. I will call upon the Lord, which is worthy to be praised. So shall I be safe from mine enemies. The sorrows of death compassed me and the overflowings of ungodliness made me afraid. The pains of hell came about me, the snares of death overtook me. In my trouble I called upon the Lord, and complained unto my God. So he heard my voice out of his holy temple, and my complaint came before him, it entered even into his ears. The earth trembled and quaked, the very foundations also of the hills shook, and were removed, because he was wroth. There went a smoke out in his presence, and a consuming fire out of his mouth, so that coals were kindled at it. He bowed the heavens also, and came down, and it was dark under his feet. He rode upon the cherubim and did fly. He came flying upon the wings of the wind. He made darkness his secret place, his pavilion round about him with dark water, and thick clouds to cover him. At the brightness of his presence his clouds removed, hailstones and coals of fire. The Lord also thundered out of heaven, 
and the highest gave his thunder, hailstones and coals of fire. He sent out his arrows and scattered them. He cast forth lightnings and destroyed them. The springs of water were seen, and the foundations of the round world were discovered. At thy chiding, O Lord, at the blasting of the breath of thy displeasure. He sent down from on high to fetch me, and took me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strongest enemy, and from them which hate me, for they were too mighty for me. They came upon me in the day of my trouble, but the Lord was my upholder. He brought me forth also into a place of liberty. He brought me forth, even because he had a favor unto me. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the twenty-first verse of the thirty-ninth chapter of the book of Ezekiel. I will set my glory among the nations. All the nations shall see my judgment, which I have executed, and my hand which I have laid on them. So the house of Israel shall know that I am the Lord their God from that day forward. The Gentiles shall know that the house of Israel went into captivity for their iniquity, because they were unfaithful to me. Therefore I hid my face from them. I gave them into the hand of their enemies, and they all fell by the sword. According to their uncleanness, and according to their transgressions, I had dealt with them, and hidden my face from them. Therefore thus says the Lord God, Now I will bring back the captives of Jacob, and have mercy on the whole house of Israel, and I will be jealous for my holy name. After they have borne their shame, and all their unfaithfulness in which they were unfaithful to me, when they dwelt safely in their own land, and no one made them afraid. When I have brought them back from the peoples and gathered them out of their enemies' lands, and I am hallowed in them in the sight of many nations, then they shall know that I am the Lord their God, who sent them into captivity among the nations, but also brought them back to their land, and left none of them captive any longer. And I will not hide my face from them any more, for I shall have poured out my spirit on the house of Israel, says the Lord God. Here endeth the first lesson. Together Benedictus asks on page 11. Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the glorious throne of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, praised and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, 
as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the twelfth verse of the third chapter of the second epistle of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech. Unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away, but their minds were blinded. For until this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament, because the veil is taken away in Christ. But even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil lies on their heart. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Here endeth the second lesson. Gather Benedictus on page 14. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our forefathers and to remember his holy covenant, to perform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham, that he would give us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people, for the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Grant we beseech thee, Almighty God, that we who for our evil deeds do worthily deserve to be punished, by the comfort of thy grace may mercifully be relieved through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Almighty and everlasting God, who hatest nothing that thou hast made and dost forgive the sins of all those who are penitent, create and make in us new and contrite hearts, that we, worthily lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, may obtain of thee the God of all mercy, perfect remission and forgiveness through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth the eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us, thy humble servants, and all the assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord of Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who hath safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by thy governance may be righteous in thy sight through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Morning to all. We are um, today the fourth Sunday in Lent, and the fourth Sunday in Lent has some unique characteristics to it. We remember that our, our morning prayer lessons really are meant to lead us into the Eucharistic lessons. And so the themes <clears throat> that are highlighted at morning prayer are connected to the, the Eucharistic themes. Today we have uh, the gospel is the feeding of the 5,000 by Jesus in John's gospel and the passage from Galatians where um, <clears throat> St. Paul contrasts uh, the, 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 ch the child of freedom Isaac or the child of promise with Ishmael who's, who, who he compares with the child um, not the promise and that's that's those who are in bondage now to <clears throat> to the law to the law in the sense of thinking that by their zealous um, carrying out or doing the law they'll, they'll be justified and we should note that on the fourth Sunday in Lent um, the Lenten progression our first Sunday in Lent, Jesus said that we, we had the temptation in the wilderness. Uh, the second Sunday in Lent, we had the freeing of the Canaanite woman's daughter from demonic harassment. Uh, last Sunday, we had, another, we had another exorcism. So the demons were present in the first three Sundays in Lent. We get into the fourth Sunday, and there are no demons now. There's Jesus feeding the people with, with uh, the loaves and fishes, and, and this points us to... to um, Jesus is the bread of life, because if you read um, in John 6, you read the feeding miracle. If you go on in John 6, that's where Jesus gets into the bread of life discourse. I fed you with this bread here, but I am the bread of life. <clears throat> and he who feeds on me will never hunger, never thirst. And so the idea is that 
our Lenten disciplines are meant to uh, uh, say no to sort of the things which are both, you know, I, I always think in, in our lives as Christians, world, flesh, and devil are always intertwined, that as we are captive to our appetites or we're covetous of things in the world, that provides an opportunity for the forces uh, of evil to you know, get a toehold or a, a small bit of influence in our lives. So as we fast and detach and <clears throat> say no to those forces, we're really making room now to receive Christ, the bread of life, in a new way. And our morning prayer lessons connect to these themes. Um, the Ezekiel lesson, he's talking about the return from exile. Um, and he's talking about Israel that was sent into exile uh, in Babylon for their, their disobedience to the covenant. God is going to, is promising through Ezekiel, he'll bring them back and he'll be hallowed in their midst and they'll dwell in their land. And this theme is picked up in our, in John's gospel because at the end of the feeding miracle, uh, Jesus says, uh, gather up the fragments that remain that nothing be lost. And, and they gathered up 12 baskets of fragments. And so there's a symbolism here of the 12 tribes of Israel being regathered by Jesus. And so, and, and actually the feeding miracle itself is an image of the return from exile because he's gathered, scattered people, brought them to a mountain and he's feeding them. They're now uh, around the Messiah in the land of Israel being fed. So it's a symbolic fulfillment there. And then our, our, our New Testament lesson at morning prayer about the veiled face of Moses um, is talks about how the law itself couldn't save. Um, and so we, so that um, it, it uh, you know, as St. Paul is you know, it pains to point out the, the law, when we just see the law as this thing we try to do on our own effort, loving God with all our heart, loving our neighbors ourselves, epitomized in not stealing, not all the killing, not, you know, committing adultery, all those things, on our natural level, we, we can't get there. Um, so it reveals our sin. Um, and it, and that was the, that was in this passage in Corinthians, St. Paul calls it, the, you know, the, the, uh, it, it like it's, it's the, the covenant of death because it, 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 it's supposed to bring life, but it can't. But now in Christ, who has fulfilled that covenant, who's, who's fulfilled the stipulations of the law, and now he gives us the spirit. And through the baptismal gift of the spirit, we can begin to obey the law. And this is the important understanding here is that we're growing in our um, grace and ability to, to love God fully and love our neighbor. Um, but what, what the spirit does is free us from the legal verdict of the law. So when we stumble and fall, we're living in the grace of forgiveness. We always come back and we're being cleansed and, 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 and growing. We're like, like children. You know, we, 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 once children come into a family, every mistake they make, you know, you know, kick them out of the family. There's discipline and that kind of stuff, but they live in that relationship. So in the spirit, we have a freedom to grow in the life of prayer in community. And so, um, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And this connects to the epistle where St. Paul says we're children of, of not of the bondwoman, but of the free. And we remember, therefore, that our Lenten disciplines are really about freedom. Uh, I think people get wrapped up in, well, I gave this up or I'm giving up. How am I doing what I gave up? And it, the, the, the sort of paradox and irony and danger of Lent 
is that it can turn Lent right back into the very thing that our, less, our, our uh, lesson from um, Corinthians and our epistle lesson this morning are getting at, which is that if you turn your religion into a legalistic attempt to obey a bunch of rules you put out there, you'll always get frustrated with it. <clears throat> but the fast isn't about that. The fast is about the practice of saying no. It doesn't matter whether you do it perfectly. The practice of saying no to create space in life to say yes, to bring prayer in. Or as we talk about a lot, when we say no, it surfaces things. And so this is this is why a good Lent can feel really disconcerting because if you fast and you disconnect from things, and now when you're ready to go to your normal coping mechanism, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go have this now, all of a sudden you're feeling, oh, I'm not gonna do that. What and now you're sitting in a discomfort because we have some emotionality connected with our, you know, maybe things we haven't processed, and now it's there, that's an opportunity to sit in it. So if, if we, and that's why it's not good in Lent to, if we gave up one thing that we ran to, it's not good to just, okay, instead of that, I'll do this. It's the, the real point of Lent is now to sit and, 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 and embrace our experience of life and and sit in our own unsettledness and let that be a space of prayer that Christ comes into. And it's kind of like a wilderness thing because we're unsettled. We're 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 you know and and that's what Christ can touch and, and fill. And, and a lot of times our lives of prayer are feel disconnected because um we enter into them pushing away significant parts of ourselves that we don't want to face, lends a time to face that. So today is an opportunity to, it, it, it's also called in our tradition, Refreshment Sunday or Mothering Sunday. We're just past the halfway point. Friday was the halfway point of Lent. So we're past the halfway point. So we kind of, you know, take a breath today and, 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 and rejoice in the presence of Christ with us. But we should also take stock of reminding this ourselves that Lent is not about your perfect performance of your fast. It's about how your no to things has made room for a renewed yes to Jesus. And how are you experiencing the presence of Christ in a new way, particularly in your discomfort and unsettledness? How are you not running away from that so quickly, but sitting there and letting Jesus be with you in that, that just as he shared our condition on the cross and felt, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? So when we feel in life like, God isn't right there. We don't know what's going on. That's precisely where Jesus comes and, and is with us in that. And we find him, therefore, in our need and wilderness of life. And if we do that in Lent, that's, that's the main uh, and principal point of Lent. So a few thoughts about uh, today's Sunday and, and lessons. We'll uh, finish today with the prayer of St. Chrysostom on page 20 of the prayer book. Almighty God, who has given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplications unto thee, and does promise that when two or three are gathered together in thy name, that will grant their requests. Fulfill now, O Lord, the desires and petitions of thy servants, as may be most expedient for them, granting us in this world knowledge of thy truth, and in the world to come, life everlasting. Amen.
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost with us all evermore. Amen. Good to be with you all for morning prayer this morning. See some of you a little bit later at church. Uh, Thank you, Bishop Scarlett. Happy refreshment. Thank you. Thank you. Have a wonderful day, everybody.